0: to the impeccable perspective podcast where we help you discover gospel clarity and openness in a new way by letting go of the culture and finding your truth while having some fun doing it now here are your hosts joe peck and Luann Roundy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast. Here we are, a very special episode. In fact, I think this is our first special edition episode. Ooh,
1: it's a day (laughs) to remember the first. Think about
0: that. The first. The very first in honor of uh, Thanksgiving. This week, we are doing an episode on gratitude. And uh, that's a cool topic. That's a very cool topic and uh, very appropriate for this time of year, and I think it's something that we need to all just pull back and stop and reflect on. We get so busy and so tied up in our lives and in the world and in how busy things are this time of year, and we are stressed about all the things that are going on and about the upcoming holidays, and I think we, we don't take the time to stop and actually just express gratitude for everything that we have, and so we want to give you an opportunity for that with this podcast and uh, kind of explore the uh, topic of of gratitude, what it means, how to do it, why it's vital and how we can be, uh, give thanks and and be gracious for uh, and grateful for everything that we have any time of the day, any day of our lives, which Mm -hmm. isn't always the case.
1: Right. And I think that you bring up a great beginning to this that This time of the year, we get so caught up in what's coming. We're not mindfully aware and in the moment, which is in the moment being grateful for what I have. We're always looking to what's coming, what I'm going to get, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. And gratitude isn't present in that because I'm not here in the moment being able to be grateful. Um, And that a lot of that is generated by consumerism, by what the world presents to us. If you have been to a store, you know that Christmas is already abundantly there in the store making us look forward to that and already what's going to happen, what am I going to do, what am I going to buy, what am I going to consume and and even what I'm going to give, which is important, but I think it gets way overdone in in Well, the that stores respect. have
0: been pumping and pimping Christmas for 2 months now. Too, <laughs> <I know. so. laughs> Right, talking about consumerism—that's—it's uh,
1: at its yeah. fi- at its finest. Yeah,
0: I hate it. I think that's—and people who know me know that uh, I'm more of a Scrooge than anything. <laughs> and uh, you know, I get a little weird when people start talking about Christmas decorations and putting up trees in November and early November and things like that. And uh, it's just—it's different for me because I grew up in a different kind of. Uh, uh, situation in, in Canada where our Thanksgiving is in October and uh, the second Monday in October. And there's no big Thanksgiving shopping weekend in November in Canada. We recognize Remembrance Day, which is Veterans Day on the 11th here, but there's no Thanksgiving thing. And so there's no, we don't have that springboard into the holidays that way. And, you know, and, and that, that is like a line in the sand for people. The day after Thanksgiving, the tree goes up, that is their timeline like it just happens every single time but growing up in Canada we always would get a real tree and if I put that up in November it's dead before Christmas (laughs) ever gets there yeah, right. Here in
1: Arizona, if you put it up two days before Christmas, it's dead That's by the time we hit Christmas. It's, 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 it's so dry uh, here. Dry heat <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs>
0: well, exactly. And it's still eighty-five degrees at Christmas in Arizona, uh, which is cool. But uh, we always like we we'll get a tree and put it up on December twentieth, basically like a week before Christmas, and then uh, kind of get into the Christmas mood. Then, but nobody's thinking Christmas in November, so it's a weird paradigm for me seeing all of this here, and people get crazy. Here. I don't understand it. but it,
1: again it's all about consuming things and it's the craziness of hey the longer we focus on it the more we can buy the more we can do as opposed to again well, just is, being grateful yeah. for each other and grateful for things Thanksgiving the day of Thanksgiving the day of thanks.
0: It is. I mean, that day where we're so just done with everything and pissed that we we can't even really enjoy it anymore So we're so tired from all the work we put in to get up to that point. I think we forget the meaning of it. True. Uh, and, and I know. And I mean, I, I, I do love the holidays, uh, honestly, myself. Um, it's just uh, kind of funny to me how people just really get into decorating and I mean it's nice that people love the spirit of it and that's that's kinda cool, but I don't know, it, it just kind of annoys me that people get absolutely just so bent on <laughs> on on putting the tree up right away. And I know I'm gonna make a lot of enemies. Know. <laughs> with you know, oh podcast. he started already the I started soap already. the soapbox is out for the day oh, of the, putting uh, your tree up. Yeah. yeah the and it, and there is
1: no right or wrong again. It I think it depends oh, on what your a lot of it revolves around your children and and letting them experiment and letting them grow and decide in some ways. And that's not a bad thing to decide, but I I agree with you in that way. And if, if you look at what Thanksgiving is founded on, it's this coming together of people and giving thanks for what they had in a spirit of community. And, And if we really could focus on that now and, Forget about the Black Friday, which doesn't even start on Friday now. It starts, I just it's saw Black today. It's Black November
0: now, basically. It
1: is. It's already going online. There's already, the sales have already started. Get it now. Buy it from me because it's it's not even, you know, we have a week, more than a week to that point. But it's it's sitting down as a community and giving true thanks to God. And, and back then, if you think about the first Thanksgiving, maybe their understanding of God was a little bit different. Like the pilgrims and what they understood as a very religious people, the reason they came here was for religious freedom, um, and that they really did want to give thanks, and then the people who were already here, the indigenous people, they had a God also, very different, but they were able to come together and celebrate in that, and I think if, if we could look at the spirit of thanksgiving, maybe in that way, in gra- giving gratitude no matter who we are, where we're at, what we believe, that kind of gives it a whole different shape or a different meaning to what it is.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. It's it's easy to get lost in I think just the uh, the idea of it, and I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure for people to just um, put on a big show, you know, for the holidays. And again, again, it's 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 great to get together with family, and I love that. And there's something magical about the holidays for sure. And I'm, I'm not a total Scrooge with everything. And for the record, this may be surprising, but my secondary love language is receiving gifts, believe it or not. So I do love that. Surprising. I do love to give gifts. Yeah. Kind nice. of surprising. Thanks for that. Full uh, <laughs> <pulled> of <a> confidence. <laughs> uh, so I do totally, uh, um, actually love, uh, giving gifts and things like that. But I, I don't know, I, I try not to just get caught up in how intense it can be over the holidays. Well, I really just rather, you know, enjoy family and friends and, and all of that. So, um, I think that, yeah, the focus, you know, it kind of we want to bring it back to uh, the true meaning of it. And and we're going to get into uh, a lot of uh, ideas of what gratitude really means in, in ways that we can show gratitude at all times uh, throughout our lives and, and to each other and, and just kind of really increase our level of happiness overall.
1: Right. So, oh, I'm going to start with a challenge. You ready oh. for a challenge? Okay, bring it. All right. I want you, to, you get to go first. Um, name one thing that you are truly, deeply grateful for today.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, just one thing. Uh, let's see. That's kind of a tough one. There's a lot of things I am really, really grateful for, um, for sure. Um, I, would, uh, I, I would say that uh, I am absolutely, extremely grateful for the amazing people who are in my life right now, who have uh, shaped my life? Who uh, bring me the joy and the happiness that I am experiencing right now? The love, and the friendship, and uh, the companionship, and the the just the overall um, you, you know uh, outlook that uh, that makes me excited to get up every day and to spend time with my friends for, for me, that's one of the biggest things. And again, I'm super grateful for a lot of things. Like the gospel is another huge thing that I'm grateful for because that literally changed my life. Uh, I'm very grateful for my children and, and the wonderful people that they are and, and how they impact my life. But for me, it's always been, and this is from growing up um, in the environment that, that I did right where I, was, you know, and again, you can listen to the first episode of the podcast and hear my conversion story, but I grew up in a strict Catholic home and it was, I was very withdrawn because of how strict it was. And so I went outside of my family to find that happiness, right? And it became about my friends. So it's always been like that for me where my friends and the people close to me have always meant the most to me. And you know, that, that of course, my family has come back into that now, but just when I was young and growing up, it was a different story that way. But uh, no, I, I absolutely, um, love more than anything, the the people who are in my life and make a big difference. And uh, you definitely know who you are. So tell me what you're grateful for then.
1: Oh, this interesting. I I hadn't thought of this question until we sat down. So as I sit here. That's a cop out. You have to give an answer now. It's a challenge. No, it is a challenge for both of us. (laughs) Um, This morning, I am grateful for my husband who um, is very thoughtful and kind. And I have had a marriage that that was not the way that it was. But things like uh, we we switch cars around all the time because it just depends on what we'd have to do for the day. I'm driving his car today. He remembers to put my sunglasses in the car so that I have my sunglasses, which may seem like a small thing, but I'm very grateful for his sacrifices, which may be small, but it means that he loves and cares about me in small ways and i think if you have grown up without that or not had that like in my first marriage where it was more about what can you give me as opposed to how can i serve you it it really becomes more evident and the the gratitude is there it's be, be, and you do take it for granted day to day but being grateful for that The other interesting thing that came to my mind, we went, so we're here in in Mesa and the Mesa open house for the temple is this week. Joe has been dedicating part of his life and time to being a guide for that
0: to get some blessings. That's all I can say.
1: He needs a few blessings I in his life. Fin- we need all a need a blessings. few <laughs> blessings in our life.
0: I have a motive here. There's an agenda. <laughs> but
1: in it, um, we went to the visitor center, which is completely changed. There used to be one in front of the Mesa temple, which was beautiful, but now they've changed it to more updated uh, across-the-street kind of more interactive, I don't know, is that what you'd call it, more interactive? It's a good word for it, yeah. Temple uh, Visitor Center, and in it is one of my husband's, it's his great, 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 great grandfather, Lorenzo Roundy, who um, came to Arizona and gave his life to bring people here to Arizona, to bring pioneers, and so he made his father, Shadrach Roundy, who was one of the first bishops of the church, dedicated his life to bringing people from the east to the Salt Lake Valley. So he made many trips. And Lorenzo got that vision or that like diehard work ethic from his dad, and he also did that. But in it, whenever he brought people here, He told his family he didn't really feel positive about coming he felt that he would uh, that he would lose his life and they said well why don't you just tell Brigham Young that you can't go and he said no I'm dedicated I've made this promise and I'm going to go even though I have this this feeling and as they were crossing the river coming into Arizona they had a what is it called, the thing that they put the cart on and everybody rides on it, like a ferry. It was, oh, yeah, like a Yeah, yeah, yeah like, a like these ferry across it. Um, the ferry ended up going under and then people fell off. And he's a good swimmer, but somehow he drowned and was killed on the way here. And I just think about this: the sacrifices made not just by him, but by so many people to bring us the religious freedom that we have to be able to be here in Arizona, to be in Utah, to be able to worship and be grateful for their sacrifice, to be able to have what we do and be grateful for that. Um, And and so that's kind of been on my mind also as we read his story, which is in the Mesa temple they tell about his story of sacrifice to bring the, the saints here to Mesa.
0: So his name was really Shadrach?
1: Shadrach Roundy. That's biblical. Yep. My husband wanted to name our child that, and I told him there is... I hope you put your foot down. Yes, we're not naming our son Shadrach. It is a good name, but no, not not Shadrach.
0: You are setting your kid up for bullying his entire life. (laughs) Don't be like that. Don't be those parents. Wow, that's uh, that's something else. Um, I'll have to say that this is the same husband who doesn't like the music I chose for our podcast, (laughs) by the way. He, he's
1: a little more conservative than Joe is. That's an understatement. But he, he's a good representation of the other, the, uh, another part of the world and another viewpoint. Which is again, we welcome all of those to this podcast. <laughs> everyone
0: is, everyone is welcome to be offended. We have no problem with that <laughs> whatsoever. We're equal opportunity offenders. That's cool. Uh, it is interesting when we think about uh, the things that truly, uh, you know, make us grateful. Actually, and. I think the, th- the things that in our heart make us grateful are not the things that uh, are frivolous. You know, it's not the, uh, we don't think about the consumerism, we don't think about the material types of things. I mean, you know, clearly I'm extremely grateful for the world that we live in, right? When you think about how convenient this life is, it's, it's you know, it's, it's unbelievably, we, we have opportunities that have never existed in the history of the world, and we have abundance, and we all, have convenience all around us. Abundance. All around us in yep. this country, especially, and we want for nothing. And uh, it's incredible how easy it is to communicate, which I'm extremely grateful for because of the, uh, you know, the, just the um, the the fact that my family is scattered all over the world, right? And 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 uh, where we are, and all these things. So there's no other way to really communicate effectively and whenever we want without the technology that we, we have. And I'm personally extremely grateful for that, for what it does for us. And we just think about, uh, you know, our lives, but the, the problem that we've talked about with all of these blessings that we have in our life is that we take everything for granted and we don't express any gratitude. We, 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 we basically are conditioning ourselves to be ungrateful in a way, right? Because mm-hmm. we just take everything for granted. We don't stop and think how lucky we are to have uh, you know, wonderful vehicles that can get us anywhere, for example, and get us where we need to go to do all the things that we're required to do, how, how lucky we are to have you know, just the comforts of, of a wonderful home. And, and having all the conveniences of, you know, air conditioning, for example, that's something that everyone takes for granted. It seems silly to, here, to here say. Here in Arizona, we don't oh, take it for granted. Oh, we don't granted. take it for granted. People, yeah, I, I know, and uh, <laughs> you pay for it too, but uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. You think about, well, talking about the people that, you know, you referred to your ancestry from the temple and back from 200 years ago when they came here, it was still hot. 200 mm-hmm. years ago how did they survive without those things right and and so we're just in a completely different world and and, and it's it's amazing and there's so much to be grateful for but i think at the same time it, we're so overloaded with abundance and convenience that we completely take it for granted and we we bring children into the world and this is all that they know right and they never experience any kind of uh Inconvenience hardly at all. Uh, even you know, in, in the worst case uh, for people in this country, they still have it pretty good. Pretty well, yeah. And and so I think you know one of the things we wanted to really talk about and bring attention to today is uh, finding gratitude in everything uh, you know that we have, um, and 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 not really uh, taking things for granted. But I think you know we can we can stop and look at what we do have. Like really, just stop and think and just slow your life down, right? And just kind of, um, sit down, relax, put all the distractions away and just look around you and think about everything that you have and think about, you know, what do I love about what I have in my life?
1: Well, let's talk about that for a second. And, and Luann's circumstances on today, um, that used to be a big part of our life and it's gathering things that we think will bring us happiness or joy And uh, in July, our house was destroyed in a fire, and so I have nothing. And so I look around, and I don't have anything, but I have my family. And it's really helped me to refocus my energy on what really is important. And it's not things, my furniture, my TVs, my books, my... (sighs) Bobbles and and things you have bobbles bobbles and you know how they talk about all of your things that adorn your homes or yourself and all of that's lost too but it's in the things that really do matter and that's my my eternal family and it's a good wake up call to lose everything to realize what is truly important in your life and that's your those eternal bonds which are the bonds of friendship that will be eternal. And, and then the gratitude for the Savior and for the atonement to be able to be with our heavenly family. And that is a good focus always, every day, to have gratitude in our hearts for that and gratitude for what's important. Um, but many times we get lost, like you said, and don't stop and are still and aware of what really is important and what to be grateful for.
0: Well, I would say that you don't possess things now currently but that you have a lot right
1: i have a lot because i've taken everything that i have become and my relationships with people didn't change my family didn't change except we now live in a rental home with no possessions of our own um except what we had we were on vacation when it happened so we had a few things with us but that we took with us six totes of things that was all that we owned um and it's it's really helped us to refocus in our life and realize those things are not what to be what we need to be grateful for. More difficult for kids; they don't quite grasp that yet. But we, as adults, have really had a different uh, viewpoint and a, and a refocus in our life.
0: Well, your possessions are going to be re- uh, replaced, replaced with insurance, so you will have those, which is great. I mean, right? Because that's, that's when
1: we rebuild the house, it will we'll still need a couch to sit on. That would be nice, but. Again, it's just refocusing and and as I refocus even into that, it's more simplicity um, that I don't need as much as what I had before that I had just gotten into this law of scarcity and needing more and more, and that's not faith, and that's not bringing me peace and calm in my life, so it's a refocus and again, grounding into the moment what is really what am I needful of and being grateful for for those things and I think at this week of thanksgiving giving thanks it's coming into that space also in our lives and really focusing on what I what I am truly grateful for and why why I'm grateful for that
0: well it is I mean I, I uh, always I'm always thinking about why things happen to people and I look at it in terms not of they're being punished or not of they made a horrible choice and so they brought this on themselves uh, for the most part I mean we, we do make choices and we do bring circumstances upon ourselves that, Probably we wish we didn't, and it's a good learning experience. We we talked about missing the mark, and we don't consider that necessarily to be a bad thing when we quote unquote sin or miss the mark because we learn from it, and it's a great experience. We know well, you know, we're not going to make that choice again. But I'm always thinking about things, those kinds of things, because I find it fascinating. And and so you know, with with this situation, you know, with you, I I, I don't think it was a coincidence that. You know your house exploded <laughs> when you guys were on vacation <laughs> and not actually in the house, right? That was an incredible thing. I think it's almost like there's no way that that timing was so perfect, right? That that wasn't a coincidence, kind of thing. And so you know, I, I you wonder, well, what's the the lesson here to learn, and what's mm-hmm. the point of all this? I mean, obviously you are. Um, a very uh, righteous let's say uh, member of the church and so- someone who's who's dedicated I guess let's say it that way, more dedicated to living the gospel and doing your best, of course, and I don't look at this as like, oh, you got punished or this is a bad thing It's like, well, what do you have to learn and I don't know I mean that's for you to decide because i don't you know I don't know what's going on inside your head, but you can look at it like maybe you know I did discover that material things aren't necessarily as important as we thought, or we don't have to have as many as we thought. We can still get by and be completely happy with less or just with a more simplified life. And, and that's, I mean, that's amazing. This is why we have these experiences to to help us to understand, you know, what's really truly important and to help us understand what God wants for us. And there's personal growth that we have to go through and it's different for every one of us. And that's why we all have different experiences. But I think we can be really grateful for those kinds of experiences. I mean, it's hard to say, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful that my house burned down. <laughs> that just sounds retarded. Right? Well, it's ridiculous actually, to say that, I, I'm but,
1: kind of getting to that point. Well,
0: but you're seeing the purpose of it, right? Exactly. Which doesn't happen right away. Like you don't know as soon as something happens, you don't understand. Oh yeah, that's the lesson I'm supposed to learn. A lot of times we have to go through that, that journey of faith through it. And until we actually look back later at some point, on the whole situation, then you start to really see, oh yeah, that's why that happened, or this is what I learned, or I can see it clearly now, which is, that's kind of how it is, but it's just a fascinating kind of thing. But I think we can be grateful. And that kind of segues into yep. one of the topics that we wanted to talk about, because I think that, you know, people struggle with being feeling grateful or, or having gratitude every day, right? Because our lives change in the sense that we have good days, we have bad days, we have things happen to us that are unexpected. We, we have, um, you know, life happens to all of us, and things can change on a day-to-day basis, or we're, we're spending a, a period of time going through a trial, which may seem like just a bad time for us because we have to endure through something, and it's hard to be happy, or it's hard to feel gratitude when you're in that experience, and I think a lot of times the focus, when we think about being grateful, people talk about uh, the things that they have, right, and yeah, or, totally. Or, like right.
1: if you say, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for, and they often will list things, my home, my dog, you know, my, and, and maybe even people in what they bring to them as opposed to looking at being grateful for the circumstances. And I think that's kind of where we're right focusing on. In, well, in
0: it, it is. It's, it's, uh, it, I, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a perspective change and it's thinking in terms of being grateful in my circumstances versus being grateful for my circumstances. Things I have or, or, yeah, right. or things
1: that I have. Right? And, and you were talking about an Ukdorf talk and there is a quote in that grateful in any circumstance. Um, and he says, perhaps focusing on what we are grateful for is the wrong approach, which is what we were just talking about for my home, for my dog, for this. It's difficult to develop a spirit of gratitude if our thankfulness is only proportional to the number of blessings we can count. I wonder how many people like have a little, I'm counting my blessings. I wrote it down in my journal today. What does
0: it say? uh, Is it a a hymn or whatever? Count your many blessings? Like it literally tells us to do that. Name name them one by one. in
1: prayer to be grateful for them.
0: Right. But that turns it into, I've got to think of it in terms of items.
1: Right. It, it you know could I mean? be, or I could be, I'm grateful for my parents, I'm grateful for my husband, I'm grateful for the atonement, and those things aren't things, those are... No,
0: no you're right, but I think it just sets the mindset, as like, well, you, in, in, to think in terms of four because, you know, well, what are you grateful for, you know, all, you know, all your many blessings, just count them kind of thing. So you start to just think like like more like a checklist kind of thing in, in a sense like you can go exactly. in that direction is what I'm saying
1: or a list of like ooh Joe look how many blessings I got today oh, completely, yeah. did I did I get more than you and then it comes into well remember here we now we're going into culture again we tend to always go back to this it's the um, okay well I've been obedience obedience brings blessings that means look I have fifty blessings you only have twenty five I'm more obedient than you and it's the comparisons hop in that's where the point that the the gratitude has gone, and it is now into pride. And pride is about comparison, C.S. Lewis. And it's not just that I have more; it's that I have these blessings that I have more than you. And that's right. where the pride kicks in. It's not important that I have blessings; it's that I have more than somebody else.
0: Yeah, and that's not gratitude at all. It's 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 uh, really it's insecurity, I think. And it's it's you know you're just so worried about appearances and and all these things. You're completely missing. The point on what gratitude is all about and you know I got news for you there's always going to be somebody with more blessings than you more more crap than you more material things than you whatever the case is there's always going to be that and you're always going to have more than other people it doesn't matter everybody's on their own journey and in their specific circumstances for a reason and that reason is for their own personal growth their own eternal progression and Mm -hmm. some people need to be in certain circumstances and God puts them in those circumstances but that's because that's what they needed to progress to whatever level they need to progress to. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. Nope. And no. it has
1: nothing to do with my obedience. No. I can be the most obedient person out there. Let's look at Job. How many trials did he get handed? Me? Jo-
0: no, Job. Job. Oh, that not, dude. Not, not yeah. Joe. Job. Okay, good. Well, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Joe's on a roll Me? today.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I've had trials, let's be honest. I've, yeah. been, I've been going through some trials. So, right. Uh, yeah, I, don't not, I do not want to have uh, the trials that he went through. He had everything and lost everything and still gave all the still, thanks to God, right? Still, Just, had gratitude, still had gratitude, which is amazing. Yeah. Joseph
1: Smith still had gratitude whenever oh, yeah. you think he, it, he was in the midst of huge trials in his life. Yeah. And goes on. let me finish this. It says, True, it is important to frequently count our blessings. And anyone who's tried this knows there are many, but I don't believe the Lord expects us to be less thankful in times of trial than in times of abundance and ease. Which is that the the key, that even though we're in a trial, it's still being grateful. And so talking about my home and losing all of our things... I'm finding the gratitude now takes a little bit for the grief and loss cycle, which people will say here, now we're getting into emotions and processing emotions. Okay. I'm going to give myself two weeks to grieve and then I'm going to be grateful. You can't do that. You have to just let the natural flow of it go, grieve, really feel the emotions and the gratitude will come as you work through those things in prayer in in being obedient, in serving, in just day-to-day life. It's the natural man just takes time for emotions to be able to work their way out. And as they have, and I've realized I really am over the grieving and feeling myself again, the gratitude starts to come for the clarity of of this trial and what it's brought to me. And it's letting God prevail in my life, meaning that if God didn't want my house to burn down, it wouldn't have, so it's part of God's plan for me and being grateful for that trial to bring that clarity and a different perspective in life and in, in material things. Like it really has let helped me to let go of things that moth and rust, death corrupt because they're not important in life. And that's a great refocus albeit that it was put upon me, I didn't choose it. And I think that's where we have a hard time. I didn't choose this, but it's still something that God has given me as a trial. Being grateful for that trial and saying, thank you so much for giving that to me to help me to learn.
0: Right. I mean no one I don't think in their right mind would, would choose something <laughs> something like that, right? Because we, we we can't we can't really see beyond the event itself. It's like, oh, I'm going to choose to, uh, you know, to really kind of have my house burned down because (laughs) I do know that I would be so much grateful for it. I'm going to learn this incredible lesson. Like we don't think in those terms at all. So God has to sort of step in and say, hey, let me just I'm just going to throw this at you and then you'll figure it out. You'll you'll understand why as we go. But, uh, you you know, we can't rely on us to. uh, to, to uh, trial and challenge ourselves because human nature would just take the uh, path of least yeah. resistance every could, time.
1: Or you could ask for a trial. I, I oh, you know Anyone who would like to do that out there, go no. ahead and challenge the Lord. Hey, I need a trial in my life to no. learn from. He, he'll bring you one. No,
0: ever since you brought up the uh, iron story Irene. about, uh, you know, I need to be refined. Bring me a trial. And he had a heart attack. I'm just not going down that nah. path. I'm not going down that don't
1: path. Don't need that one, huh?
0: No, <laughs> I don't. Not one bit. At all, so yeah, that, that's the uh, the idea. I think if we can really just focus on being grateful in any circumstance, and that's what it is. It's it take the focus off of looking at well, what am I grateful for? Well, let me let me see. I you know I have this much money, and I have this, and I have that. All of that. Um, you know, times are tough for people, and and you know it doesn't mean that uh, you can't be grateful at all. There's always something to be grateful for. We have our health, for example. You can be extremely grateful for your health. You live in a free country, right, in this country typically. Uh, you uh, you have just access to everything that you need from health care to food to all the basics of life, honestly, without any effort mm-hmm. for, in most cases, right? There's Nobody's starving in this country typically. Uh, there's plenty of food to get to people, and there's plenty of uh of uh, services and whatnot, like the church and the welfare system, all the things that, you know, it helps people in need. And so there's just so many, uh, incredible blessings that we have. We have a faith in God. I mean, that's, that's an incredible right. thing to be grateful for, uh, no matter who you are, right. If you uh, have, uh, have that belief, it's an incredible thing that will take you through each day. And I think it's just really focusing on being grateful For our circumstances and just understanding, even being grateful for the trials we're going through, because if you understand that they're for our benefit, that's a huge blessing in my life.
1: And, and gratitude is based in faith that if my gratitude is because of the faith, I'm grateful because God has given me everything. So I'm grateful to him. That's why tithing is 10%. Hey, you've given me everything. I'm giving you back 10%. It's not about the money. It's about the principle, like we talked about, but in gratitude, it's giving me whatever you you see fit to inflict upon me, you know, whatever you bring to me this day. And that's the attitude of acceptance. I'm accepting whatever the day is bringing to me and just taking it in and letting it, letting it be a part of my life. And that's God's living God's will and letting God flow through me and letting him guide my life. Um, no matter what that trial is or the blessing is, that it is something I'm grateful for and ultimately grateful that we're here on the earth being able to experience these things because we fought to be here and being grateful for, I'm so grateful that I'm here experiencing this body and this beautiful world, being grateful for nature. There's a huge amount of gratitude for that when you get out and can experience being in nature and all the things that the savior organized for us to be able to connect and to be a part of and how perfect nature is within its own realm grateful for our children that that we are able to bring them into the world to help them to grow and to learn and and it's it's really a gratitude and faith knowing that God's given me me all of this and he knows me and is mindfully aware of of me.
0: You know, so gratitude is a commandment, which seems kind of strange to think about it, but it's in the scriptures. And that's like a really cool commandment, I think, because it's it's a fun one to follow, right? Well, yeah. it's
1: a little easier than some of the other ones. Well, for sure. But yeah. I mean,
0: it's like, you know, I so say you're commanding me to be grateful. That's a cool thing because gratitude just is incredible. Honestly, when we're grateful for things, it changes our... Physiology, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it, it changes how we're thinking, it changes our mood, it changes our our body posture. Let's say, or just how we're feeling about ourselves. All these wonderful things, and uh, you know, I'll call uh, gratitude is an elixir for happiness, right? <laughs> it's just, uh, but it is. It is. It's, 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 it's just,
1: an elixir, and it does. It changes our whole energy. It transforms us. It does, and it transforms our day. My day can go from being dark. And cloudy without light, to this light breaking through and saying, "I'm grateful for whatever." And whenever you said that, the thought came back in Neil A. Maxwell when he said, "I'm grateful that the Lord gave me cancer." Still yeah, struggling with that I'm going to let him own that one. Yeah, uh, I'm grateful, one. grateful for this illness because he could learn and grow from it, and that's the attitude of being grateful for anything, no matter what presents. And that's
0: truly understanding. Our purpose here that's understanding God's plan you know for all of us because that, that's it we are here to grow we are here to learn we are here to progress we are here to be happy and you know we just because we have circumstances that are difficult in our lives doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to be happy or that we're being punished in any way these are the opportunities we have to grow and to go through that progression so that we can become the best version of ourselves we, we can become that person who God sees us as being right and who we are in a particular circumstance does not define us it's a moment in time it's a it's a slice of life right mm-hmm. it's just that sliver on a timeline and uh, you know you can use that to to become more who you want to be and i think it's just having that perspective and that mindset the, of, of being grateful. If, if we do understand, hey, this is happening for a good reason. These things are happening to me because God is stretching me and he's refining me and I'm going to become better. I to mean, become more like him eventually by going through all of this. What a wonderful thing. I'm really happy that I do have these trials in my life because God loves me enough to help me to become the best that I can be. So with that kind of perspective, I find that it's easy to give gratitude, every day, regardless of our circumstances, which is what I think God wants us to do. But just think about how that would change you and, and how grateful you really would become because that gratitude, that type of gratitude is beca- is coming from your heart. And when you can say, hey, I'm really grateful for these these tough circumstances and I'm grateful that I'm going through this challenge right now, it changes your... your um, your 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 i think how i guess the definition of gratitude for you it changes how you look at gratitude and and suddenly just being grateful because you have a new car for example it doesn't make it feel the same way. That, be... that
1: wears off when the new car smells gone, and then you go, yeah. it's okay. Eh, now I just okay. have a car payment. That sucks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if we, uh, I, I think, you know, there's, there's one level of gratitude where I, you know, I'm grateful for the possessions that I have. I'm grateful for the comfortable life that I have. But if you can say, I am grateful for, I'm truly grateful because I understand the purpose of a challenge in my life. And I'm truly grateful for the struggles that I have. And I'm grateful to know that why I'm getting these struggles. And I'm grateful to know that I'm gonna come out of these struggles a better person and I'm gonna be stronger and I'm gonna be in a position to help other people who are gonna go through these struggles. And you just become overall just a you know, just a better individual, which is it's fascinating. So it's a whole nother level, and I think if we can just kind of maybe train ourselves to look at gratitude in those terms, we can really just take so
1: much more out of life. It shifts it into a whole different place. And it it is. Our lives shift and change into a place of positivity and light and truth, living, because it is truth. Whenever we're not in our truth, we suffer. Whenever we get into the, how come this is happening to me? It's not fair. Other people have it better than me. Why don't they have whatever? And we then fall into this, category of of comparisons and that I'm not grateful for what the Lord has blessed me with no matter what that is because he knows far better than I the beginning from the end he knows and he's the only omniscient person that knows the beginning from the end and and it's interesting as I work with people with mental illness many times they get into that place of grumbling and complaining why is it that I have mental illness it's not fair. I can't hold a job. I can't seem to have a relationship. I don't find a fulfilling life. And it's helping them to radically accept this is what the Lord has blessed you with. Many of them don't see it as blessings, but it's that he's blessed you with to be able to become who you are to be for eternity. And if that means that you have depression or anxiety or you're bipolar or you have, you know, whatever, there's so many different mental illnesses or if you're predisposed to an addiction, or my husband works with people who are amputees that they have had a limb amputated, but the blessing of prosthetics are are amazing where they can walk and still be able to lead a full life, even though they've had a challenge or a trial in their life. And many, the ones who look at that in that way, thrive in that environment that they have a prosthetic leg and they're so grateful every day that they can walk The ones that look at it as a, someone's out to get me, it's not fair. They're the ones that don't thrive. And so that's a physical manifestation of living as opposed to just a mental one. They're the ones that struggle with walking, with trusting their prosthesis, with not getting what they don't get out. They stay in a wheelchair and their quality of life goes down drastically. And they're often very depressed and they just can't seem to engage or... Be able to get back into life. And it's, it's frustrating for him because he's given them the, the mode or the capability to do it. They just won't trust it and won't take advantage of it because of their mindset and how they're not grateful for still being alive. You know, that even though most, a lot of them um, have cancer and have their legs amputated, most of it's for diabetes. And but grateful that there's this capability to only lose part of their leg and still be able to live because in the old days that wouldn't have been possible.
0: No, I mean, that's, you know, I grew up with that, and my dad was a type 1 diabetic. I'm a type 1 diabetic, and t- two of my kids are type 1, so that's kind Isn't of our Isn't that jam. a great blessing, Joe? Uh,
1: are you grateful for that trial in your life? Um, I wouldn't say that.
0: Well, uh, actually, you know, I, I am. Speaking of that, then, let's just talk about that for a second. I am because, uh, so I was, uh, I was 32 when I was diagnosed as type 1, which is unusual. My dad was a kid when he got it. And back in the 40s, right, when, when he had it and I was a kid, I mean, you, you had to go to the hospital to get a shot. Like, you didn't do anything at home, basically. And there was a lot of fear and a lot of misunderstanding about it. And uh, it, it was it was horrible for a 9-year-old, like his mom my grandmother would would literally tell him if you eat a candy bar you could die like you can't you know what i mean oh talk
1: about fear though completely for a nine-year-old complete fear complete yeah yeah. because candy bars and halloween go hand in hand you know
0: that's all of that for kids right they just that's the thing and so he he's just he he was just like this this sucks this is horrible i hate this uh he started smoking when he was 15 Ah. and just said screw this you know and uh, he smoked for 25 years And until my mom, you know, finally got him to quit and say, you know, help save his life kind of thing. But, um, he, uh, had all the complications from that and it's because he didn't take care of it. Diabetes is actually, you know, if you have to pick a major disease, I would pick that one because you can control it. Mm -hmm. You can totally control it. Uh, If you let it go out of control, there's a lot of consequences and that's what happened with him. I control mine and my kids and everything, and we're fine, we're very, very healthy. It's almost like we don't have the disease, right? Because you can function perfectly normally. But he uh, he didn't, and again, didn't have the education, didn't have the technology that, that we have today. And so I watched him, um, I, I watched him uh, as I was growing up, deal with the complications from this, and he ended up having both of his legs amputated at the knee he was 90% blind, he had two heart attacks, uh, the second one ultimately took his life, uh, and he had um, just like um, erosion of the uh, valve in his esophagus, right, so he would just have acid reflux come up, things like that, like it just, it just you know, eats away at your body, and, and, and it's, it's because you, you don't have good blood circulation because your blood sugar is so out of control, there's so much blood sugar in your, in your blood, right, that it clogs it. So it's the same as, as cholesterol, mm-hmm. right? When how We get too much cholesterol in our heart and then it just builds up on the walls of our arteries and blocks the blood flow. Blood sugar does the same thing. It just builds up. And so that's where you start having problems with circulation and that's where you have to amputate because there's no blood going to your extremities. And the funny thing is if you just manage your insulin intake and watch it properly, you can reverse all that. You can totally control it hundred percent, but he never did. And so I just grew up with all of this. And then when I got it, it was like, okay, we're, we're taking care of this. Like, I'm not going through that. So I'm very grateful that, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm not grateful that he suffered that way and, and had all that. I'm grateful that was a choice he made and that's what it was. Right. And I mean, you know, he outlived his doctor's Uh, predictions by 20 years easy
1: he might have been a little ornery like he was
0: ornery yeah a little a little bit it's funny a little stubborn a little bit I mean I love my dad and and uh you know he was he was a funny guy and everything uh and just you know he was I learned a lot from him like he was very dedicated to our family and to my mom and you know he never really um said um I don't know that he ever really said I love you but you kind of knew that he did but he always provided and he was always there. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I, you know, again, learned a lot about, um, my, from my, or from him and about myself. And I've sort of become, you know, that kind of uh, gentleman as, as well. And he was a good example that way, but, uh, it was, um, I'm grateful for the example that he set that way. And, you know, he made his choices and that's kind of what happened. And, you know, if my mom didn't, uh, the only reason he outlived his doctor's predictions by so long is that my mom was on on him all the time to take his insulin, and you know, it was so funny. <laughs> uh, many times, like you know, you just go home from school or whatever, and you walk in, you walk into the family room, and there's my dad lying on his on his stomach, pants down, his. Showing and my mom's (laughs) injecting a needle of insulin into his butt, right?
1: Pretty Uh, commonplace for you, though. Like, oh, it is. Well, you have to. that's normal. It
0: is. Well, you have to inject insulin into body fat. It doesn't go into your blood, right? You have to inject it into fat. That's how your your body absorbs it. So it has to go into fat somewhere. And so for for guys, it's typically you know on your stomach or your side. Or your butt or whatever. So uh, yeah, he didn't like doing it, and so my mom and I was it was just it just became a normal thing. You just walk home and you know, dad's getting a needle, right? Kind of thing. It's just sort of funny to see. But anyway, she was a catalyst for him living as long as he did. And it was great. I mean, we worry, like, you know, I'm the oldest of five, and my youngest brother especially, there was a big concern that he wouldn't have a dad growing up, and and he did, and thanks to my mom. But I'm grateful for the experience of seeing what happens when you don't take care of diabetes because well, that's set the stage for me to be committed to taking care of it.
1: The other thing I can see as a place of gratitude is the love that your mom had for your dad. Oh yeah, it's true. It's and, true.
0: <laughs> they stayed married the whole, I mean the whole time and yeah. it was, you know, very traditional that way. And there was so, I mean, she could have, had lots of reasons to leave. He was, he was uh, honoring a lot of ways, especially in the last years and taking care of someone In that situation, it's a full-time job. I mean, it was so hard for her to to take care of him. He, you know, after the amputations, especially, like you know, he can't he can't move around. You have to be you need help getting from your wheelchair onto the toilet, for example, to go to the bathroom. You need help getting into bed, and like he even wouldn't go upstairs anymore to to the bedroom. We turned our family room into kind of his man cave, right? Where right. he, he stayed there. And so, yeah, it's, it's a complete adjustment, but she was, she loved him for yeah. sure.
1: And I bet if you were to ask your mom that trial, she was probably grateful for that to, to cause you gain it. It's hard. It's difficult being a caregiver. It's one of the most difficult things that people go through. Yeah. But They're being, superheroes. They I, are. I they truly it. are. To yeah. be able to help your dad and be a caretaker to him is probably something that even she would say she's grateful for. Not necessarily in the moment. In the moment of the trial, we're not always grateful. But afterwards, just having that relationship with him and being able to give and serve in that way.
0: Well, it is, yeah. And, and she's an amazing woman, uh, no question. And um, I don't know, she just uh, is uh, She's very happy. She, is, she has one of the best attitudes that, that I've seen. You know um she is like 80 is the new 30 kind of attitude and she's convinced that she's going to live to be 120 years old (laughs) with the technology that we have today and and all the things and she's just you know absolutely has as an amazing attitude uh she'll be 79 this year and uh, next month. And, um, she's very confident that she's going to find a boyfriend and get married and all these things. And I love it. It's, it's, it's so crazy because we have three generations of my family dating right now <laughs> between me, my, you know, my mom, myself, and then my, you know, my kids. Right. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's one of those things in life you never expect would happen, yeah. which is pretty funny, but she, she's a great example, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, as, as challenging as it was, Growing up, and, and that's that doesn't even matter now. We've we've talked many times about it, and um, she's been listening to the podcast, and she just wait a minute.
1: Of, your mom listens to the podcast. She just yeah. Once wow, she, I'm yeah. Impressed, once impressed, Joe, I
0: know. Once she figured out, uh, it's like well, I want to listen to it. Are you sure, mom? Because I don't know if you're going to like what I have to say. But uh, as soon as I showed her how the technology works, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like here's the link and just click on it, kind of thing. So yeah, she just emailed me this week and gave me some uh, some really honest feedback. Um, about it, which was really nice. Um, if you listen to my, again, the first episode in the podcast is my conversion story. And I talk a lot about growing up in the situation that I did and uh, the challenges I faced. And, and and that's it's fine. It wasn't a, a bad experience. I don't want to give that impression at all um, but uh, you know, it was uh, it had its own challenges, and I learned a lot, and, and you know, my parents learned a lot as as new parents, right, trying to raise kids for the very first time. Uh, you know, you do the best you can, you do what you know, you you do what you've been taught, and sometimes you repeat cycles, and that's just how it is. But we've all grown from it, and we have a, a wonderful relationship now. But she was very uh, you know honest in her feedback, and it was it was great to to see that, and and I'm you know certainly grateful for my parents, and and they've shaped me you know to be the dad uh, that I am and uh, I'm extremely grateful for that and, and the way that I treat people and the way that I treat women and the way that I view marriage and relationships it's all you know from from their example yeah and that's just that that's important to me that's um I think that's just one of the the things that I'm really when you think about it right when you really examine what you're grateful for that's definitely one of the things because that that impacts lives and that can't be taken away. And that has no bearing on, on circumstance or how many material things that you have. That's just, you know, just good old fashioned love. And that's the kind of thing that we should be teaching people in, in their lives to help our kids grow up to be decent and, and wonderful human beings. And so, yeah, it's been great. And, you know, I, I see, um, I see that example in my kids now and, and nothing makes me happier than, just seeing that my kids are are beautiful and respectful and happy and and loving and kind and generous. And, and they're, they're very respectful, uh, wonderful little people. And, uh, you know, it's, it just shows that your example does make a big difference. And so I'm extremely grateful for, for all of that. I think at the end of the day that that's, that's really all that matters.
1: Yeah. And I think if any of our listeners were to search deep in their hearts, they're also so grateful for their parents who sacrificed and, gave and loved and parents, being a parent is one of the most difficult and yet one of the most rewarding things that we do. Um, And I think teens or or kids, mostly teens, aren't necessarily grateful for their parents because they see them as more of the rule keepers in the home and they don't like those. But um, looking back as you become an adult, it's definitely that feeling of gratitude and you have a whole different understanding for what your parents really taught you and sacrificed and, and gave and, and loved you. Um, I have a couple of clients right now who are teenagers that have lost their dads. One just lost her dad two months ago to coronavirus. And, uh, you just don't realize how much you love your parents until you don't have your parent and they suddenly die perfectly healthy. And then two weeks later they're gone. And, uh, she's just really grieving that her dad's not there anymore to, a part of their family and there's six kids and she's the oldest and it's it's a trial that will be a very difficult one for her but she'll learn and grow from it and (laughs) experience things that she never would have gotten the opportunity to experience without without having that it's hard
0: to see the wisdom of god sometimes when those things happen isn't it it is uh, because you're so stuck in the moment and you just look ahead and it's like well you know, I just, now we don't have this provider. We don't have my dad. We don't have the strength. We don't have the, the companionship. We don't have anything. We're missing this, you know, this person in our lives. How do we do that? And, you know, again, that, that does kind of lean into our, our um, another episode where we talked about, um, trusting God and leaning not in your own understanding. But, you know, I think in, in times like that, it's, it is a challenge to become grateful for those things. And, um, I know. That, that's a tough situation though. Like it's, you know, you think about well, what could you be grateful for with that? And that's something where you have to look deep within yourself, right? To find the answer. I can't look at your situation and say, well, you should be grateful that happened because of this or because of that. There, there, there's not that kind of an answer in that situation, but you can be grateful um, in that situation. You can be grateful in any circumstance. You just have to look within yourself and, and think about it, and, and just and the answers can come. But even just doing that changes your mindset; it changes your perspective on all of it, and it, changes, it makes you feel better right. at least.
1: And the interesting thing is because she has a gospel found in home. I asked her. I said, "So, you know, what emotions are you feeling?" And she's angry, which is normal. Sad. Um, she's feeling loss. But I asked, you know, a lot of people will get angry with Heavenly Father. you angry at Heavenly Father? And she said, this is amazing, 13. Oh, wow, really? No, because I just know that it's part of his plan. And when you're founded on the gospel, on the rock of the Redeemer, and you know and understand the Atonement and understand that you'll be able to see your dad again in the eternities and really have a testimony of that, the whole trial changes, and it becomes not one of gratitude for her yet, but one of acceptance that... You know what, I know Heavenly Father has a plan for me and our family is forever and sure this is gonna be tough, but I, I can accept that because I have a bigger view of it. And that's where gratitude totally changes. Not grateful for what I have in the moment, but grateful for eternal perspective and for the gospel of truth, because when you base it on truth, the fear fades and the distrust and the the feeling of it's not fair into one of faith and one of gratitude for, what again, whatever life brings to me.
0: Yeah, that's, that is um, you know one of the things that I just marvel at as a, as a convert, you know, and having um, the, the gospel knowledge in my life that I have now that I, I didn't have before, I, I often think about these kinds of circumstances where people go through. And I just, I wonder, you know, it's so difficult dealing with a loss like that in the best of times, when you have a strong faith in God, when you have a foundation in the gospel, when you have a you know an understanding that this is not the end, that I'm going to see that person again, that we you know we can be together forever, and there will never be any kind of interruption to this at all um, from mortality and in all the challenges that we face now, how do you get through a situation like that when you don't have faith in God, for example, right. when you think? this is it. That person is, I'll never see that person again because I don't believe in that kind of thing. How do you make it happen? It's so hard in the best of times when you have a strong foundation and and a wonderful family and all these values to fall back on. I don't know. That breaks my heart. Uh, you know, and, and I'm extremely grateful. Um, this is turning into a really emotional episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Joe was not planning on this. <laughs> this is not fair.
0: I am not that guy uh, at all. Yes, you are. Am I? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't give that away, though. People, I not want people all right. to know I won't, that. I won't give away your don't, secret. Thank you. Uh, so it's, um, you know, I, I'm personally extremely grateful for uh, the, the gospel. And, um, you know, and I, I don't really necessarily mean, you know, my my faith per se, because you don't have to be a member of my church to have an extremely you know, wonderful gratitude towards God at all. But I'm grateful for the knowledge that I have that uh, that, that God exists and that we have a Savior. And, and there is a clear plan and a path for us to return home, to be with our Father in heaven, and to have an eternal existence where we can be happy and, and be with uh, the ones that we love and, uh, you know, there, there's no doubt about where we go after this life. That's changed everything for me. It's changed the way that I live my life. It changes the way that I treat people and how I'm motivated to make decisions. And, um, you know, I stop and think about uh, circumstances. And I stop and think about repercussions of my choices based on more of an eternal, let's call it, an eternal point of view uh, because of that knowledge. And, uh, you know, it's um, it can be heartbreaking to think that people... Don't have hope. I think to, um, the people in my family, I mean, I'm the only member of the church in, in my family. And, uh, you know, like I said, we grew up with, with religion, but there was a lot of, uh, misunderstanding and there was a lot of despair because people don't really have answers. And, um, just, you know, living that way is, is difficult. Um, I, uh, I'll, I'll, I want to share a story. Maybe this came to mind about, um, that if that's okay. So, um, this is, uh, actually a story about, um, I don't know if we're going to get through this actually, (laughs) this is going to be, uh, intense. Okay. This is a story about my mom. And, uh, so she, if you, again, listen to my conversion story, you know, that she, uh, was a nun and so she went uh, into the convent and uh, she spent four years in the convent and she was close to taking her final vows when she had a prompting, which is interesting, but she had a prompting that she needed to be a mom. And so she had been dating my dad before. Uh, she went to the convent and uh, she, um, she uh, he waited basically and so they got together after. She uh, decided to come out, and they got married. And uh, you know, myself and my siblings are very grateful uh, that she made that decision. I don't know where we would be without it. But um, in in the Catholic faith, um, so first of all, my and this is about my grandmother mostly, actually. But uh, my grandmother uh, and my grandfather, my mom's parents, my maternal grandparents. Uh, were alcoholics and I struggle with that. And, uh, my parents shielded us kids from that. I didn't really know that a lot until I was older. And, uh, you know, I, um, I heard yelling and things like that from time to time because my grandparents lived right next door to us when I was a kid, but I didn't understand all of that. And so that was what was going on. And, um, my grandmother, uh, always felt like God was punishing her or was really disappointed in her for being an alcoholic, right? For, for abusing alcohol. And so, uh, she struggled with that and, uh, she was very disappointed all the time about that. And there was, I mean, you know, the Catholic guilt is real, right? That, that stuff will just crush you. And, uh, you know, she just really always felt that she was a sinner and she always felt like she wasn't good enough. So one of the things in the Catholic faith is that if you're, child decides to serve God right as a nun or a priest so dedicating their lives to God by going into the priesthood or going into the convent um, that meant that God was favoring you as a parent that was something that Catholics believe so when um when my when my mom went to the convent my uh my grandmother just was so happy because she she finally felt that God loved her and you know, and she was just so so happy you know to 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 know that God is favoring me like he really does love me. look at this. my child is dedicating her life to serve him, and you know that's just a wonderful thing. I'm not you know, a bad person. I'm not, he doesn't hate me. I'm not a sinner. I'm not going to hell because of that. And, um, I don't know. Um, my, my mom just kind of speculates, but when my mom did leave the convent and and chose to get married, um, we wonder if that really disappointed my grandmother, right? Because she wasn't a nun anymore. And, uh, you know, maybe God wasn't, um, wasn't favoring her any longer. I don't know. She never really said that, but my mom kind of sensed that that was the case. And I don't know that this, that's, it's just such a heartbreaking story for me. Um, just because it doesn't need to be this way, right? You don't, it's, it's just so sad thinking that people spend their entire lives growing up with these sort of false beliefs, um, you know, about God being so arbitrary and, so quick to judge and there's no, you know, these are absolutes, right? There's no forgiveness and whatnot. And then to feel like, you know, God does love me, but now he doesn't. And just that whole thing, I can't even imagine how difficult it must've been for her. And it wasn't even real. Like she never, ever had to feel that way because that's not how it is at all. And that's just, um, I don't know, it's just when I think about that story, it just does make me extremely grateful for the knowledge that we do have about the gospel and about God and about our relationship with God and how it really can be. And uh, it's sad that you know she's of course uh, my grandparents have all passed away, um, but it's sad that um, she never really had the opportunity to hear that that message. She they all passed away before I joined the church. And everything, but um, it's just how it is, right? But it's uh, it, it's just it, it does break my heart, and um, I don't know. I, I'm grateful for my grandparents, in my in my family, and they were wonderful people. I loved them so much. I was so lucky to grow up with all four of my grandparents, and they were amazing people. But it just breaks my heart to, to know that someone you love secretly suffered that way when they never had to. It was not something that they ever had to because they were, you know, believing something that was, wasn't real. And that's just sad. But um, they're in a good place now. They, you know, have been learning the gospel and all these beautiful principles for quite some time. And uh, I'm sure that she doesn't feel that way any, any longer. And, and that makes me happy.
1: Yeah. And that's thanks for sharing that story. That was that's, a tough one. That was a tough one. That was a but, tough one. But it's amazing how the gospel is taught here after death and knowing that your grandmother can receive the truth there and be able to to choose those things because it sounds like your mom would and that the other thing that's amazing to me is how spiritual your mom is that she went finding and seeking spirituality and stillness because really that's what the convent is it's a place of stillness and devotion to God kind of like a mission And they are able to really she really found herself which probably being from an alcoholic home she wasn't able to find within her home but she found it there in the walls of that place in that safety and peace and then she was able to listen to the promptings of the spirit which weren't necessarily what she agreed to at the beginning but not being afraid or not worrying about being judged she chose to do what the Lord asked her to do in righteousness. So her being a very righteous woman in her own way and and being listening and being able to be moved and and to make that choice.
0: Yeah, it's an amazing story to hear her tell it. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, I I just love that story. I think um, maybe for Mother's Day we can kind of dig into that story a little bit more and, and talk about that because uh, it's, it's fantastic. I'm, you know, extremely proud of her. You think about it, she's this... 21 um, year old kid who's been in the convent for four years and has committed to all of this and um, you know she was she didn't take her final vow she was getting close to taking final vows and once you take final vows, the only way to get out of it is to have the Pope actually wow. absolve you from that. Like that's how it's kind of, kinda of reminds it is.
1: me of sound of music though, whenever you know, Maria <laughs> yeah. decides to go back and take care of the von traps and it's it's but it's that same devotion. It was the
0: same you, time uh, it was exactly the same time in, in history when in that history. movie came out. That's exactly when she was doing that basically, as well, pretty much around that same time in the in the mid sixties, maybe just a, a little bit before that movie. But that's how it was. That's how life was and where we're from. It's extremely you know, deep Catholic country, mm-hmm. right? That, that That's just how it is for everybody. I mean, people back where I'm from back in the fifties and sixties, you either went to the convent or the priesthood to serve the Lord, or you became a teacher. Like that was pretty much what 80% of people did. What a great community
1: did. to grow up it's in though. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was
0: so wild, but it's just so different from the rest of the world, it seems. Uh, Cause it's just so heavily, I mean, I guess, you know, kind of it's, it's like Utah in the sense that it's heavily influenced by uh, LDS culture uh, back there was—it's all, and that's all the, the Northeast. If you think of Boston, right, and all that area, it's all heavy, heavy Catholic, and it, 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 you know, Nova Scotia is an extension of that. So that whole area is just like that. So it's a very interesting, um, you know, kind of uh, dynamic uh, that is there. But she uh, did—I think about the strength that she showed, like you're talking about, where she, you know, went to Mother Superior and said, "I've decided that I'm leaving." that you know my path is to uh to have a family and and to uh to be married and you know if you think about it just like facing mother superior you know as a kid after you've committed and you've been in for 4 years and you've committed mm-hmm. to doing this And then saying I'm out, I don't know. I think that'd be scary. I think that'd be really, really scary for someone like that. But she just didn't. She stood up, and and I don't, I don't know how the experience was. I don't think it was bad, from what she told me. They supported her.
1: Yeah, it would be. Uh, No,
0: that's true. Yeah, I, I will. We'll talk again about that story and get a little bit more depth. Or maybe we could even interview her on the podcast. That would I think be that'd be even better.
1: But but even gratitude for your mom's spirituality and, and grateful. It was deeply
0: spiritual. Yeah, it was. that You had to be. You couldn't make a choice like that without being really, like feeling it in your heart that this is, you knew yeah. what you had to do. And it doesn't matter what the consequences would be. You had to do this.
1: And that's truly where the Holy Ghost spoke to her. And realizing that, you know, the Holy Ghost works in everyone. It doesn't matter what what religion you are you can be no religion and the holy ghost still has a space to work within you if you're still and quiet and can listen and be in tune with it and hear the promptings of it and how I you know how grateful that you are that you grew up in that home because it really did prepare you for where you are today to be able to accept the gospel and Well that was well, yeah that I mean I talk about
0: this in my my conversion story but there's no question that this was God's plan for me I needed to grow up in that environment to be prepared to, to, you know, to, to make that change. And, and, you know, the gospel has been the best thing that's happened to me and it's shaped who I am and I I wouldn't be this person that I am at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, without that, and it's, it's just shaped my character and all of these things. And it was the right thing for me and that's, what's important and that it doesn't go beyond that, but I needed to have that experience of growing up outside in that culture to be able to appreciate it and to understand, you know why we live the way we live, and uh, you know what's truly important about having a relationship with God and, and and understanding the gospel, and that's just what I needed. Everyone's got a different story, but yeah, there, there's no question that was not uh, a coincidence, mm-hmm. in any way. So I'm out of energy.
1: Uh, <laughs> we've wiped Joe out, and yeah, I think I think we've kind of covered what we want in gratitude, and probably just to wrap it up would be. Looking at no matter, and for the listeners, no matter where you're at this weekend, with the week of Thanksgiving, giving gratitude for where you're at. You may be right in the middle of a trial. and be, In fact, I'm betting there's 50% of you or more are in a trial for the week. Something has gone amiss, something that's unexpected, something that you didn't really ask for or want, but just being cheerful for those trials um, and doing everything that you can to find that attitude of gratitude to find it just change and shape it and say you know what I'm going to look at it in a different way and be grateful for this this whatever I've been given this week and being grateful as you celebrate with your family and your friends could be friendsgiving also that that you are ex- express that to them because <laughs> you just don't know how much they need to hear it from you and how grateful they will be that you express your love and gratitude for their friendship, and that they are part of your life.
0: It's so true. We we don't even know the impact we have on people. And from time to time, you know, my friends will tell me things that just you know something you said. That like the podcast has has become more because they're sort of, you know, they're they're hearing me and hearing our our perspective on things, and and we're we're talking about things that are deeply personal to people. And but in general, people just come to me from time to time and just say, you know, just thank you for being who you are and. Thank you for, you know, what you said or, or for helping me with that or, or doing whatever you did. It's meant so much. And, you know, you're not even thinking that what you're doing has any impact at all. Just by helping somebody with something that they need, you don't know the impact that you're having on that person. And, you know, we, we, we talked about um, giving and expressing gratitude. And one of the things that I think is really important to end on here is that uh, we, the gratitude and giving... Goes both ways, right? In order to give, there has to be a receiver. And when we do not allow people to serve us, or do not allow people to give to us, we're taking away the opportunity for them to feel gratitude, and that's not a good thing. And and that's and we shouldn't be, you know, um, doing that. I think. I, I mean, I understand that people don't want to ask for help, people don't want to put other people out, people don't want people to fuss over them or things like that. But we're we're going way beyond that. This isn't about an inconvenience in any way. This is about like our souls connecting, right? This is about this is what gratitude does for us and when someone, you know, does something for you and you're grateful, that changes everything about you and it changes that person because they feel your gratitude and they feel that love. And when we deny Someone that opportunity, we're missing out on, on a chance to really, to feel something that, that God wants us to feel and just a beautiful emotion that God has, has given us. So, I, you know, let, let's maybe extend a challenge to everybody listening to allow people to, to serve you and to uh, go out of your way to create opportunities where you can give gratitude to other people and you can feel gratitude from other people and just make it uh, you know, a point to experience that wonderful emotion. And you'll be surprised at how amazing you feel and how well people respond and how grateful they're going to be that you've given them that opportunity. That's something we don't understand happens, you know, unless we give people a chance to express that. And uh, look, look around you and find something that you're grateful for that has nothing to do with material things, something in your heart that you're grateful for that you know will never change, uh, whatever that might be for you it's going to be different for everybody but uh this is you know the time to to be focused on that and then start uh, you know there's no reason we can't feel gratitude every single day regardless of our circumstances like we've talked about and i think if we can kind of get into that mindset and set up a practice and a habit of trying to experience gratitude and being grateful for something every single day your whole world will change it's it's a pretty amazing thing
1: yeah and i second that
0: and that's the gratitude episode. So everyone, thank you again once, once, uh, once again for uh, just an incredible experience. This, uh, this became a much more uh, beautiful experience for us than we ever anticipated when we first signed on here. And we're grateful for that. And we're thankful that, uh, that you're able to share that with us. And we truly are grateful. Our hearts are full with love and gratitude. Uh, in our lives. And uh, I'm very, very grateful. I think I speak for both of us, uh, for all of you listening here. And we've been building a wonderful, beautiful tribe of, uh, of people who support us and love what we're doing. And we're here to serve all of you. And we're very, uh, very grateful for the support that we have from you and the love that we feel from you. So that's the end of the episode. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, keep the faith and keep your stick in the ice.
1: Thank you for listening to the impeccable perspective podcast.
0: Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold.